I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business Got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, they used to bowl kaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening You're pinning words All like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? Black, Black Panther's, Panther's Quest. Quest. Yes. Yeah, all in your ear, loud as fuck. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't that loud. I was trying to be, no, cog- I mean, we I was trying to be yeah. cognizant of the fact that you're the only one who has your headphones on. and it I'm working on it. Really, I'm really going to get loud. you some. No, no, if we get something, I can, t- I can tell, like, oh, yeah, it is kind of loud. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how we do it on The Rant Room? On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Yes. You hear Lisa Bolakaj? Yeah, can't even say my name. Lisa Bolakaj in the house. Yes. <laughs> hello, hello. Happy Native American Heritage Month. What's the weather like up there where you at? Oh, it's fabulous. Like, is it's it? nice and sunny. It just gets really cool and really cold really quickly. So, um, yeah, we're getting these Santa Ana winds, but it's really lovely in the daytime. Like, I'm she able, teaches at an outdoor science I run an outdoor school. science school. I can walk mm. around in my T-shirts and my jeans and be out in nature and getting suntanned and looking at owls flying by, trying to Ooh. scrape up my car. This is owl that lives on site. And every, he only does this when my car is going by. Sometimes I have to go get snacks for the staff or I have to drive around to do something, go check out something. And I'll drive by. And this bastard... Purposely waits because I think he think he can get some insurance off of me because he will swoop down right when he see everybody else's car drives all through the camp. Mm-hmm. My car comes around. This motherfucker want to come swooping down and act like oh she hit me and I'm like <laughs> you bastard. What, what color is your car? It's white. I was wondering if it's attracted to a certain color. I don't know, Maybe but we have and we also have a family of seven deer that come rolling through uh, in the middle of camp at all Looking times like of day. A giant white rabbit. We or got two coyotes that think <laughs> that that try to fool people, make them think they got a pack of ten out there. There's only two of these motherfuckers. And every time I come on now, I'm like, shut the hell up! I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> so we have a lot of wild animals. We have the bear that comes out. So yeah, I live in real nature, and the squirrels have gone gangster. Like before, you can just close the window door. They are eating the screen. So wow. I got a lot of issues uh, I got to like deal that, with. Like I got to deal with rabbit. Remember that? <laughs> These rodents are not your friends. They are gangster. There's something in the water. Is that new TV series Zoo or some shit? Yes. I don't know. I don't but can I just say something really <clears throat> extra? <clears throat> I know we have our. They go, she just met. Yes. Yeah. I know we have our topics, yes. but I wish y'all could hear some of the stuff we say when we ain't taping. <laughs> I'll just say that and leave it at that. You know, truth be told. <laughs> Sometimes we have to. It's difficult. We have to be it's a, careful. It's delicate. It is. I Fragile. Mean, we're not Howard Stern. See, <laughs> you here's know what I mean? no, and here's the thing. And when I don't I, have a libel insurance. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I, I, I'll just say this: there are things that I wish that probably 10, 15 years from now we could probably talk about openly. Right. But there's certain topics that I would love for us to rant and talk about. But we have to be cognizant of the fact that it's a small world, it, and, and we know and we all work the with players, people, and it's like know? interesting. And so, <clears throat> put it this way: uh, in twenty 
25, mm-hmm. uh, my book will be coming out, and it's called <laughs> All the Shit We Couldn't Say on the Rant Room, <laughs> but bitch, I'm saying it now. There you go. There, that's when you can do it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> then we got my man, Chris Derrick, in the house from writing directing team, the Derrick Brothers. What's mm-hmm. up? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, if y'all heard me five minutes if ago. If y'all would have heard him before he pressed record. <laughs> when I woke up this morning, I heard a disturbing sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just doing okay. Like, uh, hey. I'm, I'm trying to uh, make hey. today work. Hey. Hey. I'm trying to make today yeah. work. <laughs> But uh, you're doing well otherwise, I what guess. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and then we got sitting in with us today, young baby rider himself, mm-hmm. Jasani Drew. What's up, Jasani? Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, <laughs> Y'all tripping. I, I'm sorry. Is that my weed man trying to get exactly. my attention? <laughs> I um, <laughs> I feel like that should be like my intro. Now I'm thinking of like, should I have something where people recognize me? You stupid. Let's walk into a room like that. <laughs> Can you imagine if we were in somebody's writer's room and just like how we came in checking in? How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, oh, like, oh, my God. Where's the straight jacket? <laughs> I'll just say this. <laughs> got my jaws hurt. <laughs> there was a reason why we had Showtime at the Apollo, the original. Right. And the reason why we had a Sandman. And as much as, as uncomfortable, like since I was a wee child, as uncomfortable <laughs> as... I was a wee child. When I was a wee child. <laughs> when I was a wee lass. Uh, <clears throat> that used to make me so uncomfortable. Because I always feel like you got to support everybody and mm-hmm. you got to be that person to, oh, let the babies grow. But there's one thing about black culture, and I'm going to be very specific, black American culture that we do, <clears throat> is that we don't let people come out with some stuff that we don't think is good enough. And it, it builds character and it's harsh sometimes. And if you know about any time about the original uh, Showtime the Apollo, basically you come out, do your thing, and we would boo you if we didn't think you were at that level yet. Mm-hmm. And if you were really that bad, we would actually have the Sandman come out and yank your ass off the stage. <laughs> but the room was just, yeah. And back in the nineties, <laughs> back in the nineties at the Good Life, uh, if anybody remembers the Good Life, mm-hmm. uh, we would say, "Please pass the mic." Like, you can get up there, you can cuss, you can do your rap, mm-hmm. but if we thought that you weren't at the level that we thought was good enough for us to be, mm-hmm. like, head-bobbing, mm-hmm. we would let you know in polite terms, you need to pass the mic to somebody else who know mm-hmm. what the hell they're doing, and then you need to come practice, well, and then come back around, and we'll see what you can do next. Okay, that's interesting. But mm-hmm. I will just say this, we're not doing that no more, and well, I feel like we need to be <clears> doing it. But that's what I was just mm-hmm. thinking. I was like, wait a minute, I forgot about that please pass the mic thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. that was a more polite version. It was very polite. But I'm wondering if, <laughs> I still always think about it like this, though. If, if we were to really get on here and go in like we do off Child, mic. I would never work in this town. Look. There's a little bit of that. Okay. And, and also, I'm always thinking about, and, and listeners, we, we're, we decided to turn the tape on because sometimes we feel like y'all need to hear some shit. <clears throat> and I feel like a lot of times some of those people we're talking about, number one, are our friends, and number two are people we might want to have on the show at some point. So there's a line. But is the line, when you're giving a constructive criticism, mm-hmm. right? and I think that's the difference, and I know we were talking about this earlier, it's like there's a difference between constructive criticism and sour grapes. Correct. And I think a lot of times because, because there's not equity and there's not a lot of us out here doing some things that 
in, in black culture, we want to support each other. We want to see each other doing well. Mm-hmm. Even if there's people that we don't even like, mm-hmm. you know? And there's a lot of people in, who, who are doing things that I don't particularly like or it's not j- for me. Right. But I feel like I can critique it and talk about, okay, this is why it doesn't work. And hey, yay you if you like it. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like... I, we, we let a lot of stuff, mediocre stuff, come through. Well, it's, it's, and the mediocre stuff gets <clears throat> praised by folks who are not black. And they get that sprinkled fairy dust on them, and they get anointed. They and stuff is really not that good. And the stuff that's really <clears throat> ass-kicking never makes it. Because it might be a little too, it might be a little too out there. Right, yeah. And we, we tend to be a little much safe. And so a lot of the famous people that I see that I think, oh, they're getting a lot of praise. Yay, they're doing great work. Mm-hmm. But... A part of me who's been living long enough and who's seen a lot of shit, mm-hmm. I feel like <clears throat> well, there's say, better out there. Well, I think that two things about <clears throat> work that gets out and slides and it's like, you know, I, you're right. People don't want, people are happy to see and they don't want to take down. But it's like, and you're right. It's so little. It's so little. And I think, and, and, you're, and, you're, and you're right about the, the um, uh, I mean, for instance, the stuff that's, it's a little... I, I'm not say edgy in terms of like it's, it's just but stuff that's like on the fringes. I'll mm-hmm. say because it's like there's nobody who's a black filmmaker who's making it. You know, who's making noise? Maybe these films are out, but I don't know if they're making noise. Who's doing a movie like um, Being John Malkovich mm-hmm. into, into that kind of like you know, whoa, mm-hmm. kind of absurdity going on. But I feel Cohen like it's, brothers, I feel like it's, like out, I, I feel like it's out there. Could be out they there, exist, but, they, but, but we're not but, getting the okay. Or, or it's possible it's a whole situation about like, you know, those people have ideas that they want to do, but, but, because they're coming from us. But, well, yeah, but coming from us, the people who mm-hmm. give them resources, because early on you get your resources from mm-hmm. your community, are like, we can't, no, we're not giving that resource because we don't understand that. Because I guarantee you that when Spike Jones did being John Malkovich, mm-hmm. he's really only able to do that because people allow that kind of craziness. You know, just like Coen Brothers type of yeah. stuff. It's like, oh, we allow for that. That that is, I don't know if if that is what black people like allow. I was for about to say, is our cinema. is our culture not used to seeing that? No, we are used to seeing that. No, I mean, I meant on like our people. We're used to watching it because we're watching. We go to those movies too, but are we used to seeing ourselves in those movies? Is where I'm going. I'll give you an example of something <clears throat> that I'm shocked that it's actually on TV because okay. it's it's the kind of stuff that I dig and it's it's like. I feel like when I, when I first saw it, and I was drinking a lot of wine of course and relaxing and <laughs> enjoying it, and I felt like, oh my God, I felt like someone gets me. It's Got the me HBO show. Uh, the HBO show. It comes on like midnight. I'm like, uh, what is it? Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Like the. Um, what is it? Like the. Cr- yeah, uh, uh, the Wag. Not the Wagness, but I know what you're talking about. That show, like. I think I know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. It's HBO. Thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, not, it it's never talked about. <laughs> but, like, for instance, like, so for, it's like, here's the thing. It's like I look at what people do, I just kind of wonder, are you it's always about who gets to do it, who wants to do it, who like who's the ability to execute something on that level, yeah. things like that. And then on top of that, is the audience gonna accept it? Mm-hmm. See, the audience might not accept that stuff because there's a very oh, narrow yes. it's a very narrow focus. Ran- random acts of flyness. Yeah, random yeah, acts of flyness. Yeah, there's a very narrow focus of of, of what stuff you know, traditionally is like has been able to break through, and I think that is. I mean, that's been a problem that I've suffered through a lot, mm-hmm. a lot with with material that I've created. But I notice <laughs> it. But it's it's just endemic, and then people want to do stuff that kind of like talks to 
what's uh, I, I, I almost feel like what happens a lot now is that we're seeing cinema where it was like we never got a chance to make these these type of movies or these type of mis- mistakes or right. things like this in like the 70s the 80s and 90s and it's now it's kind of like well give us a shot you know like to make that movie and I was like yeah but just because you know don't make a movie that feels like it's from the 80s now yeah mm-hmm. it's like you gotta do a movie from now for now well and, a great and, example and, and of that, that I'm trying to, to, se- like, to segue into it we were just talking <clears throat> about which I wanted to bring up is the Predator movie mm-hmm and Chris and I both saw it. Because everybody's saying this is a bad year for horror, right? <sighs> They're saying it's a bad year for horror because Vogue magazine put out an article, uh, I believe it was last week, and basically said it's a bad year for horror. And, of course, it's just one writer's opinion who, who said that. There's like and, several movies that did over $100 million in horror. But I think... Uh, my feeling about it is that we're not watching a lot of great horror because we're not watching horror from outside the U.S. We're not watching right. indie horror. We're not really... Korean horror. We're looking at horror from the, the Hollywood machine. Correct. You know, the big budget. Studio, oh, and one of the things about it's not a great year is horror. If you know about horror, horror movies really, they basically break even. Mm-hmm. Every now and then you get a hit or something that just is, hits the zeitgeist. Whatever's right. happening in the current culture, something gets big. Last year it was, or the year before it was Get Out. Right. You know, um, This year for me, even though I don't think a lot of people saw it, even though I know it, it did well. And It was last year. Too. Yeah, and It is fucking up because y'all should have had part two out a long mm-hmm. time ago and people are going to forget what happened in part one. But anywho. <laughs> but uh, Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, A Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the, what is it? Is it the 40th anniversary of Halloween? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that just came out with Jamie Lee Curtis and they were talking about make a big deal about it. It's like, uh, her being is Jamie Curtis. How does Jamie Lee Curtis? Jamie she was she was nineteen when she yeah, did the original. So yeah, so <clears throat> I don't know. I don't necessarily mean it was a bad year for her, but I just think it was. It is the thing. There were horror success movies. The Nun came right. out, mm-hmm. things like that. If it was Winchester, a bad, if it was a bad year for anything. It's bad year for action films. Yes. because <laughs> yeah. there, there was only one good action film out right. this year. And what was your what was that movie? Black Panther. No, Mission Impossible. <laughs> I don't look at as, as Marvel, as the Marvel movie. The, the Marvel movies are Marvel movies. They're yeah. not okay. necessarily action yeah. films. Yeah. You know? I think there's only like four action films that came out this year. So, um, And they're hard to make for whatever reason. But um, Well, here's the thing of it. When, can you look at it real quick? I don't know if you have it on there. The, the Predator came out what year? 1987? 86, 87. And 86-87, that was the time we had a lot of great movies that were coming out. Well, in terms of like like horror. I'm thinking of like... I think Schwarzenegger, right? Like, yeah, there's yeah. like Nightmare on Elm Street around that time. Yeah. Um, so there were, uh, Serpent, Serpent in the Rainbow yeah. was around yeah, that time. there was a lot of great horror movies. And what made Predator so good... It, it, Predator, the original Predator, was, as we said, it's such an 80s movie. And the one thing that Predator um, had going for it, which is similar to, I think, why, even though they made a remake of it and kind of like a, it's supposed to be a remake, but it was like the precursor to it, <clears throat> the movie with The Thing. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I loved about The Thing, not only is because it's, it's John Carpenter, but it's all dudes. Right. And it's a very all dudes 80s type of movie. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. A couple years later, we've got Predator. And a predator's the same thing. We've got like, you know, during the 80s, we've got the, what, Iran-Contra, we got military, we got a lot of some Rambo movies are coming out, there's a lot of stuff. So it was like, hoorah, USA kind of thing. <laughs> so you have Predator, which is basically these mercenaries that are going in, um, doing their dirty work, you know, that quick and dirty stuff they got to do. And of course, they encounter this alien predator thing that's like basically been coming to Earth for like thousands of years and basically hunting humans. Mm-hmm. And because we're going so far into these deep woods, that uh, forest that we hadn't really been in before, these military dudes encounter this and Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, all the good stuff. Right. 
Bill there Duke, were other, Carl yeah, Weather. yes, Carl Ooh. Weather, you know, everybody. Jesse the Body Ventura, like you got like a whole slew of like eighties iconic right. male bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like that 80s macho, oh, you know, there's no women. Like you said, the only woman they got is the bitch they dragging all through the thing. Because she was like one of the, uh, I don't know if it was ironic, but they, basically she was like one of the, uh, what do you call those people? Like, not the bad. She was like an insurgent that they yeah. like went to yeah. kill when they rescued yeah. her because they were like, she Yeah, used, and so she they snatched her something. because she was part of this group of people who were going through and, and you know, revolutionary type stuff. And she wasn't. <clears throat> she wasn't doing the revelation stuff that Americans wanted her to do. Mm-hmm. So basically, they're dragging her through, and you know, most of her people have been killed, and she's seen this horrific thing, and you know, that's the only female in the whole thing. And it worked. It was a huge success. Mm-hmm. I remember going to go see it like two or three times as a kid. Yeah. And then, of course, they had a couple of sequels, uh, less successful. I think the mm-hmm. second one, they had Danny Glover. Yeah. Was sitting in L.A. And they said in L.A., which is a mistake. They should have just went back to the same place the they jungle. went to before in the jungle mm-hmm. and keep it, keep it simple. Mm-hmm. And then they tried to do too much. And then, of course, they had the other ones. And even though people hate this, and I love it, I think it was AVP, the original Alien vs. Predator, yeah. with Sanaa Lathan. Yeah. And when she became, and nerd bros hate it. But I love it as a black woman because she was able to have a connection with this monster. And they became friends. And in my mind, in the fan fiction, she runs off and gets married to him. They live on the planet and they have like these little alien predator babies and everything's wonderful. But that movie was, was bad, not only because, you know, it was just bad because it was false advertising. Like when you saw the commercials and stuff, it made you think, oh God, aliens and predators everywhere are going to be bad. It's going to be all this stuff. And it wasn't. It was a small sequence that showed you like some kind of historic past when this happened. But the rest of the movie is just basically one right. predator and then one alien, a couple of aliens so they had all these incarnations that came out so recently this year Shane Black mm-hmm. who was in the original Predator he wrote and directed the new version of it uh, it's not new version but it's like a new incarnation of it uh, there was some controversy earlier on with Olivia Munn and him hiring one of his homeboys who was like a sexual assault or did something he, what was he a pedophile or something I, I, whatever I the case was he's a sex offender and he, sex of yeah and so you know, know Shane it was Shane out. Black's buddy and mm. whoop de whoop and Shane apologized and they didn't tell anybody whatever so I was going to see the movie anyway because it's Predator <laughs> you know hey right. Me Too movement shit been going on for 100,000 years <laughs> man ain't shit I keep it moving okay <laughs> so I just keep it moving you know hey I know what it is like, but I'm still going to go see it you know mm. yay I support Olivia and whatever but I was still going to see this movie because mm. it's Predator right. and no matter how awful the Predator movies have gotten no matter how much they have like downgraded and just become terrible I'm one of those faithful people, like like the 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 um, John Carpenter movies, the Halloween. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how I'm still going to go see it because I'm loyal. I'm that I'm that person. Right. <clears throat> so I took my sister, and I well the first time I saw it, I saw it with my mom, and then I went again just to see how ba- you know was it bad or was mm-hmm. it funny. So I saw it again with my sister and her boyfriend, and I have to say the movie was funny. It had its moments, but it really tried a little too hard to be. I guess by the way you said it, Chris, it was like trying to be inclusive, trying to like get around some. It belonged in the eighties to me, and it I was about stayed. to say, did it feel it like felt, it's eighties? It, it felt like, like, it's like what they, if they just kept it the way it was, it, sh- it felt like an eighties movie mm-hmm. that was just doing a little too much. And you said it wasn't so much the eighties that it was a. How, explain how you said it when oh, you saw no, it. No, but okay. So the thing is, this is that I see this movie, and I and I, and I love the first one. And I saw this new one, and I was like, I can't believe that this movie's this concept is actually is this concept. I said, is this concept bad? <laughs> and I went back and watched the original again, like the same night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, no, the original is really good. The original is very unapologetic about what it's trying to do and what it's trying to be. And which I, is and which is trying to be this this eighty 
film about this group of like men like stuck in the jungle it's got that horror it's got that horror film aspect of mm-hmm. people right. who who get picked off you like you're stuck in the box stuck in the house right. kind of thing and it's the jungle yeah. and so it follows that kind of like that that horror thing like you know that, that trope mm-hmm. and what makes it good is the fact that these are macho men it's not like, like big this is not like these yeah. random people these are dudes who are trained mm-hmm. they're these all, are killers uh, look, they're, 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 they train killers there's this, there's a, <laughs> and they still getting fucked look, up there's this, <laughs> people who don't remember but I but I mean, when I when I came out I remember there was this you know like little promos on HBO talking about it and it was like and, and all those actors were like you know there was some story about how like um, when Carl Weathers and the, you know came to the set he saw that Jesse the Body was like working out mm-hmm. on set so his, he had to start so he had to start working out on <laughs> set and then you know and then what's his name came on the set Schwarzenegger was like well those guys are working out right. fuck I'm former Miss Olympia. I need to be working out too. Right. So they're all kind of working out, getting massively big, and like and fucking Sonny Lennon is in there, and Bill Duke. They're all these guys who know that it's like this is this internal competition between us as actors, not just guys on screen playing these characters. Mm-hmm. And that level of tension of it's you know it's good, it's fun tension between right. them. It's palpable on screen. You can right. tell they're right. kind of playing against each other and everything like that. And they look. Massive in a way that right. guys don't really look like today, except right. like The Rock. Right. But The Rock looks too massive. Yeah. When he, That's when steroids was hot. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. But but it's just there's there's something about that movie, and I just feel like the thing that the thing about the 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 failure of the second one, I think again, like you said, you said it in L.A. And I think that the 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 and the lore because I forgot what the lore was. And it's for, Danny Glover. Yeah, come I, on, no, I love you, Danny. But but but, the, but that's not that's not but the, the, whole, the whole thing they saying is is that woman who they pick up in the first one. She's ex, ex, saying that there's this myth. That when it gets super hot, these the, the jungle comes and attacks people. Right. So you know what's kind of like, oh, that's what these predators do. They come down and do this. And it's like they wouldn't be in the city. Because the city, I think in their own mind, is like, yes, we that's have That's too technology. easy. That's like going to the zoo. Right. It's like aliens come to do and shit. They don't want that. They want to well, hunt. It's, it's, yeah, they want to hunt. But it's also, it's like... But then we can be seen. They have military that, that could harm us because it does harm us. So it's not, it's, not, it's not like we're invulnerable. So it kind of puts them in a bad, it's a bad place to put right. them. And I just kind of feel like in the new one, the whole team they put together was these misfits in the way they create misfits now. They don't, and misfits now aren't the same as misfits <laughs> right. in the 80s. Right. You know? Like, this version is like the cartoon version of the island of misfit toys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, it's just, and it's just, just kind of like, I don't, okay, I mean, these are the choices you're going to make. And I was like, I just kept saying to myself, who is mishandling the franchise this bad ever at Fox? Because hmm. they just didn't have any sense about what the original movie was, what it's supposed to be. I mean, you know, like, I think um, Olivia Munn is a very underrated actress. And I say that because of this. Yes, she's kind of like came from that show G4. and She plays a lot of these kind of like, you know, these, these roles that are kind of, kind of fluff roles in a yeah. sense, you know. But... And that's how I kind of, it's kind of how I viewed her until I saw that show she was in, The Newsroom. Mm-hmm. And if she can do Aaron Sorkin work right. and do it convincingly, so you're, actually, you're actually like a really good actress mm-hmm. or a good actor because that's not easy stuff to do. No. And I just kind of like, so, <clears throat> I, so I, I feel she's underused, not used right or misutilized. And she has an interesting role that's, that's in this movie, but they didn't even really like explain her. Right? Like, it almost feels like there was a movie that they didn't make or they shot and didn't make 
I just feel like I, it just felt sloppy. And I don't think you can allow sloppiness to happen on franchises. Because if you are, don't make them. Right. There's other films you can make. You know, there's other. See, I think the problem with franchises is the reason why Ocean's Eleven was such an amazing film, the remake. Because the original wasn't a beloved film. Yeah. It wasn't a great film. If you go in and find a movie from the 80s that no one had seen or mm-hmm. came out and had a really good premise and they kind of screwed it up, that's the right film to make. But mm-hmm. you, but then it's hard to convince anyone at studios that, mm-hmm. oh, but no one liked this movie, so who wants to see it now? <laughs> the idea is really good. This is didn't do right. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with every movie that comes out that fails is, it's not that the, well, not every movie, but, or, but, but movies that fail are the idea sounded good. Right. It, was, it wasn't executed right. 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 Which means that someone can re-execute it again. I mean, it's just like in the theater when people do, like, people do versions of like those classic plays, Shakespeare or whatever, mm-hmm. Tennessee Williams. Some people do a good job at it. Some people do a bad yeah, job. Yeah. But you know that's a good premise. Let's roll right. it again. I mean, there was a movie, I remember it was called Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. And it came out in the, in the mid 80s. That just sounds terrible. It, it, just, it sounds just sounds terrible. terrible. But, but I would probably go watch it. But, <laughs> but, but, it had, but it had a cool idea. It was basically about a bounty hunter mm-hmm. in space. And I hadn't really seen that type of movie before. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was like, that's actually a cool idea for uh, a movie or a show. And that show called Killjoys is basically, oh, b- bounty hunters in space. Yeah. It's just executed a lot better. And I think that's where these, these particularly films from the 80s, because the thing about 80s movies too is there's a level of political, corre- there's a level of political incorrectness about them, which is why they work. I, I, I think just at that time that if that if you try to like bring them in now, you have they, to, yeah. you, you have to sand all that down because you'll we get were, a lot of shit at and you. And I think we're, that's what Shane tried to do, and I think it came off too much because both times I saw the movie, people were laughing. It's a comedy. Like to me, people found it more humorous, and. One of the complaints I heard, and this is me just being a, a person in the audience, and both times I came out the theater, people complain that, because if you haven't seen it, it's, it's too late. We're giving you spoilers. Um, <laughs> the original it's had, been out for a minute. So uh, yeah, the original had Kevin Hall, right. who's a fantastic actor. That predator was real. That was a real thing. Mm-hmm. This one they had one, and the other one was CGI. And then once we got to the bigger predator with CGI, it was practical it, before. Yeah, and it it lost. It was a little too obvious, mm-hmm. and that's when it just went into the idea of the comedy and the. It was like a buddy picture. Oh, and it just happens to be an alien here, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, it was one of those things. Talking to my sister and her boyfriend, it was just like, oh, you know, it was funny and it was humorous, but it wasn't really like was the that? original, how we thought it was. Well, well, see, here's the thing: if a movie like that can't be funny. And if you try to make it funny... And, well, here's the thing. In the original Predator, there was humor. But the humor came from the character and the situation. situation this not, one was, was a little bit more forced. Yeah. It so, was really, really on the nose. I was just humor. looking up the... the How much it made? It was $88 million to make the movie, and it made 50-something. I believe it. So far. So that means that it probably lost the studio $100 million. Yeah. More. $120. And you know, Shane probably took 20 of it, just because of who he is. You know. <laughs> um... Huh, interesting. So so were there were there any lists of movies that they were talking about in that um these horror films that, in the that horror didn't, films do well. that didn't do good? Yes. Well, <clears throat> it wasn't so much that they didn't do good. It was just that they were naming some um movies that, you know. I mean, look, Quiet Place came out mm-hmm. amazing horror film. It killed. If that was the mm-hmm. only horror film that came out this year, 
Because they were like, oh, well, horror movies dead. We're not going to make it this year. Mm-hmm. That movie came out. That movie is strong enough premise, execution, box office to reignite the genre if it had died, like if mm-hmm. Westerns had come out and died right. kind of thing. It was that strong of a movie. And then you have the Halloween, you have Heredity, which you know I have my issues with, but so what? It did really well. It's very much a, a inventive film that people um, should see and watch and own <laughs> and, and judge because it's you know, I, th- you should always try to take a look at that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, how many people went out and saw Venom? Venom, even though it's like a Marvel, it's, it's kind of like that kind of blend of sci-fi kind of horror. And it was I, too much CGI for me. I yeah, it was. I was. I don't watch. Like there was Winchester, movie. which is about the Winchester Mansion based yeah. on the true story. If you've ever did that do that, that do art? I don't think it did that well. Okay. Isn't it with 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 Helen Mirren? Was Helen Mirren? Yes, in and that's oh. the reason why me and my mother went to go see it because we love Helen Mirren. Oh, she's awesome. But <laughs> she's so it just didn't have. Enough. Oomph. Yeah, that kind of came and went, didn't it? Yeah, it, was, it, that a, was that a horror movie though? It was a horror movie. It was about See, the Winchester Mansion. It was about the ghost of Winchester Mansion. See, because when I heard about it, it sounded just like it was a biopic to me. It didn't sound like it, it had. Oh. A, that's why I didn't see. That's why I was like, "What is this movie about?" Mm-hmm. Now I want to ask you this: There was Upgrade, and I'm so upset. Geek Soul Brother told me about Upgrade, and I went to go see, it, and it was out of the theater in two weeks before I went. By. Upgrade was amazing. Hey, which one was that? What is that? Upgrade? Upgrade? It was this one about this the, this guy who the, the guy who was the, 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 the guy who created Saw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he oh. had a chance to. He directed a. He directed, I think, um, you know, the guy, the guy, the, so there's a guy who wrote Saw and there's a guy who directed The guy who directed right. it. The Asian guy directed, directed it. Directed it. And he Juan, beca- yeah, James Wan. He became mm-hmm. a big filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who wrote it, he he started, he was in it and he had some stuff and, and he directed one he of He was those, in Saw? I, I, I want to say he played the other guy. Like there was the two guys. Oh, there was two guys. Yeah, two, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I want to yeah. say that was him. One was American, Brit- oh, the British, British guy. guy yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, but he had a chance. He did a movie for Blumhouse, mm-hmm. uh, like the third version of like uh, one of the the films that James Wan did that they right. do. Like I don't, I don't I want to say Heredity, but it's not Heredity. It's like, um, I, you know. And they said, so what do you want to do next? And he had written this movie called Upgrade, and it was like a $35 million movie. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you can direct it if you can get it down to five. And, <laughs> well, um, House only does small yeah, budget films. Small budget films. And then he <clears throat> went, and they, he said, okay, well, I can do it in Australia. Because in Australia, it'd be maybe right. eight, eight and a half million dollars Australian mm-hmm. with five, five U.S. And he made this movie about this guy who gets this chip put in his brain that kind of upgrades his ability to fight hmm. and everything like that. And it was that. really, I mean, it was surprisingly it's a good, it's a good, good movie. Well, surprisingly good movie. The Purge came out. I oh, thought yeah. The Purge did well. Mm-hmm. Oh, The Anarchy? Annihilation, thing? which is sci-fi kind of horror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. I didn't like it that much. Um, there was also Meg, The Meg. Oh, yeah. Is Jurassic Park considered... No, no, that's more adventure, right? Yeah. Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, like action adventure. And there was one I saw that I, I actually, and I love these kind of movies, but that's just me. I love like social media horror movies because mm-hmm. there was yeah. the other one, Unfriended. Oh, yeah, okay. I remember that. I enjoyed that one because I like, I like the idea of when people are watching other people and you're watching in real time. I enjoy those movies, but I feel like Searching was kind of like that too. And searching was excellent. Searching was is if people didn't see that slipped. That was a really you, really good movie. You really messed up when you didn't see that one. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of ones, and there's the dark web. Yeah, it was unfriended dark web. I went to go see the mom. It was actually, you know what? I enjoyed it. It okay. did what it's supposed to do. 
everybody died. Yay. <laughs> and, you know, it had me tense. Mom was like, oh, what's going on? And, and my mom was like, why would they do it? I'm like, mother, you don't understand. It's social media. People do that. But it was like, you know, interesting. And then I think the other one that was really, what did I see? God, I saw almost so much crap this year. Um, <laughs> it's like, it was bad, but it was like, eh. Oh, what was it called? Is it on here? Well, anyway, there was a lot of horror movies out there. They may not have done as well as... Isn't it just about making your money back and, and, and breaking even and, you know, having a little bit more? Well, that's the history of horror. Horror is the little oh, train that could. I mean, most horror movies are done for most... Most horror Regular movies home. make their money back and more. Right, they're because they're lower under budget. Five million yeah, down, they're lower budgets. They make a lot more. And then a lot of times, if you and got several travel. going on, they, they take that money to yeah. make their bigger movies. And they travel all over the place. I <laughs> and mean, they're international. They do well internationally. I mean, because, the, the yeah. movie we mi- we haven't talked about, but it's out. I think it came this weekend. Um, Suspiria. The, yeah. The, which everyone who, who I know who's, who's seen it is like, it's, it's ruthless. And... I guess that's kind of what you want in a horror film. Right. And so I haven't seen it. I might see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very curious film. The man who does Call Me By Your Name mm-hmm. follows up with Suspiria. Mm-hmm. Really? It's a very mm-hmm. interesting Boom. jump back and forth on like content. Okay. But that's what's awesome about people. And that's magazine. those, those type of people yeah. that go on my list to watch because those, they're not stuck. In, yeah, those yeah. filmmakers in Italy or Europe are like, oh, don't put me in a genre. That doesn't make any sense to me. I just, you know, put me in a box. I can do whatever the hell I want. Mm-hmm. By, by all means, you yeah. know. Because yeah. um, that's you know that's the the plague of working over here. Mm-hmm. Um, I said the plague. Well, yeah, I mean <laughs> it is. It is. You get stuck on something and you you can't you, like how do you escape it? Well, this is why I'm always encouraging young writers to make sure that the projects they're working on are the projects they would really want to do. Because yeah. if you break in with that project, you are stuck. Unless you look, have look, something ready next look, that's look, out of this world. But that might be hard to even do. Because look, right. I, that, that happened to my brother and I. Like the, f- the first studio job we got was to do a k- kind of like a... Kind of like an urban comedy. Or like, it was like an urban dramedy. Mm-hmm. You know? And it was just something that we knew we could do and that we knew we could do well mm-hmm. and that we like knew the executives and we were like, this would be a great opportunity for us. And we took the job and uh, did a great job. There was some other behind the scenes stuff that I don't want to get into, but which is why the movie didn't go and it should have gone because it was mm-hmm. a sequel of a very successful film. And um, afterwards, my agent who we signed with after we got the job on our own, because, you know, that's how yep. this town is. Um, and he was, like, kind of, like, blocking us from from, from from even going up for writing assignments that were outside of that genre. Mm-hmm. Stuff that we had good material for. Because that's like, the way he can sell that's you. That's the yes. way he can sell you. Yes. And it's just like, yeah, but... but and, the, and, and I was like, I can't do another project like that. Mm-hmm. I, that's not in me right. to be able to do. It, it, like there was like that kind of just weird, perfect storm of oh, this is a story that I could do that I know blah blah blah, blah and, and just you know, as opposed to well, what's what's easy for me? Yeah. Not like easy, like it's like this job is easy to do writing, but it's like what comes natural for me, where all of my abilities I can bring them. Right. You right. know, that's what I mean and, by and, easy. And that's why I always talk to writers about you need to. Whatever, like like Lisa, for instance, your your thing is sci-fi horror for the most part, right? Whether you're writing a book, whether mm-hmm. you're writing a short story, whether you're writing a script, it's usually in one of those two or three areas, right? But 
you need to find that thing for yourself. You know, where where do you fit that you might be comfortable like for the rest of your life if you had to just do that? Mm-hmm. Unless you can recreate yourself, which is hard to do, you know, reinvent yourself if you will, you know. Like I just I just got um my my lawyers connected me to a really big manager mm-hmm. just the other day. And so I got on the phone with him and he was like, What do you do? And I was like, Well, you know, you hear about those writers who tell you they're all over the place. Motherfucking has me. <laughs> and I just mm-hmm. had to explain. I was like, It's because I've created my own world, you know, through my company and things that I do. You can't, I might write something for a comedian. I might write something for, you know, whatever. So I'm all over the place. So if you can't deal with that, let me know now. Right. I, just, I right. literally just said right. those words to him. And I was like, let me know what you can do because I'm not, you're going to read something from me and think that's me. It's not me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I had to, it's been 20 years. I'm not a new writer. And also it's know? good to stretch yourself out too. Because I remember one point, because uh, you guys know a lot, I work with Pilar Alessandra a lot mm-hmm. of times when I write in scripts, it goes through her. And one of the things that she wanted me to do was like, well, stretch out and do something different. Mm-hmm. And I remember years ago, I had wrote like this comedy, Robin Becomes a Hood. And it was right <laughs> at the cusp of social media. Yeah. Like it was kind of the script was so far ahead of itself. I didn't, now when I look back, I think shit. I really should have like mm. pushed for that because really it was like a retelling of Robin Comes to Hood, mm. but it was basically like at the time like a Miley Cyrus, Paris Hilton type character <laughs> who loses everything, mm-hmm. but because she's been rich all this time, she falls in with these group of people who were robbing the place she was at. They kidnap her, and she decides they're so disorganized that she's going to take over and use social media <laughs> and live her high life. But mm. now people on social media, when they see her, she becomes like a bigger even star. Using the comedy of like the whole myth of Robin, and mm-hmm. it was a comedy. And the time was like, I am not a comedy writer, mm-hmm. but the stuff in there was pretty funny. But it was because I knew the kind of world that it was. But because it was not my genre feel, right. I was still able to add something different and unique to it. Mm-hmm. And I think right after that, that was when I went into my whole, and you know I love gangster movies, and that was when <laughs> I was writing my Griselda Blanco script, right. which is totally left field from the sci-fi horror. But there are certain elements that you have in whatever genre that you write in or whatever your thing is that you can bring to something different right. that just kind of opens up the story. So even though I, I particularly love writing horror and sci-fi and that kind of weird stuff, um, I think sometimes you have to stretch out and be able to think that, yeah, you can write other things. Even mm-hmm. though people in this town, unfortunately, they do try to pigeonhole you because they, they are trying to sell the product. You're a mm-hmm. commodity. They're mm-hmm. trying to sell you. And it's easier to sell you as this is their thing as opposed to somebody who's like a jack of all trades. Well, how do and, we sell you? And I think it's about discovering yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you take time, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking because I'm talking to the listeners, and I'm, of course we have Jasani here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm talking to everybody really just about, you know, discovering where your strengths are and discovering where your passions are like like I'm learning especially since I did the Black Wall Street mm-hmm. that I love doing those old historic movies now you know those biopics that are like and loosely, you're good at it loosely based yeah. on people's life but and now at that point but, but back and forth you were probably mm-hmm. thinking right. before like there is no way in heck I didn't go to school it's like right. no, 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 no. you know but there's something even with the stuff that you write that you connected right. to that you right. found and right. it's like that voice right but I've, I've I, it, it was through help with you and like Pamela and Chris you know people just telling me to keep it real right and and and, and to keep it black which <laughs> was really and, important. It was an important yes. note, though, because you could slip. And next thing you know, your lead is a white dude. Okay. Really quickly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like a little shit like that that you mm-hmm. just have to take into consideration. Right. So anyway, where I'm going with that is being able to adjust and pivot your, I love using that word pivot, because <clears throat> in this industry, you should be pivoting a lot. Every year, mm-hmm. you should be pivoting in some way in something that you do. You're like mm-hmm. you, like Chris and I and you, we all started writing film first. You know, now we do both. Mm. You know what I mean? And and to, and to me, I think that's great. Like you had probably weren't planning to direct TV. 
you know, 10 years ago. Now it's like, shit, I direct TV in a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so so I'm, I'm just generalizing. Yeah, no, yeah, no you're right. Because, cause, <clears> cause, you know, I mean, ten, you know, my whole thing with television is different now that I look at it. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, look, like, like television would be exciting to direct certain certain shows. I mean, like if I had my druthers. I mean, I mean, honestly, I'd be, it'd be cool to direct, just to be directing stuff. But the thing about it is that you have to, is, you know, the, the, the industry changes, the needs of people change, a lot of things that people, you know, don't are aware of. You know, we talked about some time about like, mm-hmm. you know, these companies have these mandates, you know, that aren't published and you only know that when you get in and meet with them. They're mm-hmm. start, and, you know, you ask them, well, you know, like, what are you looking for? And they change, you know, yeah, and, and, so and, and, and that's almost like a, that's almost like a bitch question to ask in terms of, you know, like, <laughs> but you gotta know. So, so you're looking for that. Well, no, because the thing is, no, because you ask that actually wanting that answer, mm-hmm. they'll come back at you and say, I just want something good. But oh, it's yeah. like, it's, you know what? It's not that. You need something so specific, mm-hmm. you know, and it's honestly, it's, it's more like, that's a question you shouldn't even be asking them because if you research them, you can find out what they've done. Right. And it's like if someone's done, like you know, a friend of mine used to work for Wes Craven, mm. and as and 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 she would always like, oh, you should bring me something. And I was like, I don't watch enough horror to be able to <laughs> to bring something to Wes Craven. Right. And I and I also know because another friend of mine had worked with him when he did his one movie outside of horror that he had. It took him like forever to even get like for anyone to even take him seriously to do the movie because it was such a it's like. It's like something from the heart or something like that. It was, he, he did a movie about um, kids playing music. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and like nobody wanted to, you know, they make the movie. Mm-hmm. The movie didn't do well because they couldn't sell it as from the oh, direct, West Craven, yeah, director. Yeah, West brought film, you a house from the left. Yeah, <laughs> house it's, from the it's left. Doing this kind of film. Freddy Krueger. So, you know, yeah. so I, I was like, well, you know what? He wouldn't even like. Uh, attempt to do some, you know, like maybe you, if I caught him before that, mm. he might have loved the script. Like, oh, I want to try to do this, right. but now, but he's learned his lesson. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. Right. And um, I, I, you know, it's it's th- th- so that's why you got to be able to hit it because you might have opportunities at places where they, um, you know, like they change or the people change. Like, I, I'll give an example. When mm-hmm. we had that thing at this, at the, about, about, about that, that like genre, that genre meet and greet, right? Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago. So there was a woman that I wanted, that I really wanted to meet. She worked at a big company and that, and, and I have a comic book that I know would be great for them because mm-hmm. because because they're not really doing anything like it. And then we sat down and talked with her, and she was like, oh, I've seen all this stuff in the genre space, the horror, and blah, blah, blah. And, and granted, I kept saying, well, that's not my thing still. She hasn't really exhausted what she's seen so many pitches of. I, I, I still got a chance for it. Mm-hmm. And then she was talking, and I just kind of pitched her about me mm-hmm. and about my background. And she was like, oh, I don't know anything about that, but I love that world. Do you have anything in that? Because I've been looking for something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I, you know what? Oh, I actually happen to have a script on that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and it's like, well, and it was totally not anything. That, and it's, so it was like, that's p- being able to pivot in the room. Like I had a, a specific plan of what I wanted to do. I had prepped a pitch for this other comic right. book thing, everything. So when I could <laughs> go in and pitch it to her, mm-hmm. it would have been cool. Right. But then she was like, I don't want to see that shit right now. I'm tired. And I was like, but that's your job. That's your job. And, and that's what you're known. For your company known for that, she yeah. says she tired. <laughs> so I was like, okay. She let you way, know. I got something else to Don't bring me more that, that shit. She really, really want. But that's know? actually a really good note. Yeah. Writers, you have to think about this. So say you have a cool idea that you want to gear toward Bloomhouse or wherever the fuck, right? Mm-hmm. 
you get a meeting with them, you go in, you're like all excited about pitching this project to them, and you start off with sh- with with a short talk, with a small talk. Yeah. And in that small talk, they tell you what the mandate is, and their mandate is no longer movies that you go in there to pitch. Yeah. And you take your water and you say, thank how you very much. Ad- <laughs> this is great. <laughs> how, do you, how do you adjust? Do you uh, check my parking here? Or do I- <laughs> Here's where your background comes in, which is where Chris was going. Uh-huh. You tell them your story. Right. Mm-hmm. And your story could be more interesting than the last person who just left. And there's a piece of it that catches their attention. Yeah. Okay. And that shifts. That happened me and Pamela went to this big company uh, a month ago and went to just as a general and um, before we left, we started talking about different things that we do. And he was like, oh, wait a minute. You like that? And you like that? He was like, one of my passion projects is this thing. And he's like, I would love to see this thing happen. Mm-hmm. So we were like, boom, let's put together a pitch. And let's go back. Right. You know what I mean? Well, so, yeah. But it, it was a pivot. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, see, that goes, see, that's the thing I was going to do about, about you don't go in there and say, so what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. So someone who told me, I'm going to say it was like Craig Mazin. We were, I met him one time mm-hmm. and, I, and I was asking him this question and he was like, you got to go in there and say to them, what project if it, that if it came across your desk right now you would go tell your you know like your boss about that's a really good bit yeah that's yeah. a better you way know, to put it what <coughs> project or mm-hmm. like, it could be something that that could have came out like mm-hmm. like what came out last year that if it came out this you would have said I want to do this right. cuz it gives you an insight into them mm-hmm. and therefore and it's all it's, it's not about you cuz it's never about you you have to like fit you have to make it about them, right? And that's how they get excited. Right. It's like I always say. People like to talk about themselves. But it's, right? all, it's like I always say. Nobody wants to make your movie. No one wants to make your TV show. But you gotta like bait and switch and make yeah. them think that your movie is, is their movie. movie. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, yes. Remember that. That's the trick. <laughs> yeah. it down. And how you can help them get their dream yes. to come true, exactly. and then you ride along with it's the just, wind. It goes just like you said. This thing that you doing the mm-hmm. pitch is like that's the movie they really want to make. Right. And they came in probably loving what you did. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is great, but it's it's not. But you know what? Because in his mind, he's saying, if I could do my movie or Hilliard's movie, but, but and, and his movie has a script and everything, and mine's just an idea, mm-hmm. I still want to do my idea. It was just a premise, mm-hmm. bitch. Yeah, I just want to do my idea. <laughs> not even a log line for a motherfucker. <laughs> because, because, because that's how that's how it is with everybody. Mm-hmm. It's, like, right. it's like, like no one wants to do what you want to do. And it goes back to, I always tell everybody, this is up to you. You can choose to do it or not. But but every producer, especially established producer, has that one passion project mm-hmm. that they really want to do that is just not in their mandate, but they would do anything they could do it outside of it. Yeah. You need to figure out a way to get into them to get to be able to write that project, mm-hmm. even if it's at the cost of you losing out to do it. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to be willing. Go ahead. What you about to say? I did have some questions. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's enough. Um, um, <laughs> he loves doing that. You are so stupid. One of the questions I had uh, was back when you were talking about switching, um, playing with different genres that mm-hmm. you like. Uh, for me, I, I'm a lot newer. I'm finding this voice. So... Mm-hmm. I am kind of like writing what I know, kind of doing things that are fun to me. Um, uh, how much, I guess in a way I'm thinking, how much scripts do I have to write 
in that one final voice part before I start jumping. Because I feel like that'll get confusing. And mm-hmm. you're like, well, you know, well, I haven't found this yet, but I'm right. over here. And well, right. here's the thing. You know, you got to say, you see, I, this term is thrown around about finding your voice. And it's this term <laughs> that I get, I, it's a similar term. You I, never really find it. You're never, always yeah. adjusting. Yeah. But it's this thing yeah. I hear all the time. Right. When I, people, I look at, my brother's doing a lot of cinematography stuff and mm-hmm. we're looking at stuff and everyone's always talking about how do you get that cinematic look? Right. Mm. And I, when, what they're talking about is like is not cinema to me. They're not. It's like a it's a buzzword that's been thrown around that is that's that's from laziness because mm. you don't really know. People people don't know what cinema means if they think it all it is is like shallow depth of field and like two three five aspect ratio. Mm. Like that's not cinema look. And, oh, and also and they also have this. People always believe that film is has a desaturated look. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, you ain't seen shit, have you, to know what the fuck, and it's just, you need to go, you know, like, go learn yourself. Um, but anyway, the thing about the voice is, the voice is what you do as a writer. It doesn't matter what genre right. it is. It's, it's not genre specific. Because right. it'll change in every it, 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 yeah. it, it, it's, mm. it's You know, like, there's this really great thing you, no, your voice will not change in every script necessarily. <laughs> well, I'll explain. You go ahead. You be, finish your thought. To me, because it's like it's how you describe things on the page. Right. It's what you put style. on the page. It's it, mm. it's style in a sense, but it's always something that you would do mm-hmm. that, that the people can recognize. Right. This is Hilliard's work as opposed to, as opposed to my work. That you know that's the voice on the page that differentiates you because. The di- you know the the you know in terms of like writing scripts and to, this what I think this this might have been what you were going to say is that you have to find a way to ri- to write every script you have to find the you have to find the tone the tone about of, say the tone, the, the tone will, will yeah. script. but the tone will force you to change your voice sometimes that's true that's that's, that's true. all I meant that's mm-hmm. true you know what that's I mean true. that's right. true that's true it's like it's it's kind of that that. It's kind of like that thing, that umami, that thing that you can't really define, mm-hmm. but you know it when right. you see it. It's like when I think of Tony Gilroy scripts, or mm-hmm. I think about Shane Black. Like when you read those scripts, you know that's a Shane and Black script. Talking to you, you know that's a Tony Gilroy <laughs> script. <laughs> you know that script. Look, 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 so, so Tony Gilroy, if you don't know, I mean, you could go pick up Michael Clayton, oh, or you, you could go pick up the the Born Identity, mm-hmm. or you could go pick up the Devil's Advocate, or Alan Ball, or, you or those pick cats, up, you know? or you, or you go pick up. Um, Dolores <laughs> Claiborne. So, yeah. so, so yeah. Th- those are four scripts that, that Tony Gilroy wrote that are all wildly different genre. But if you start reading them, you'll go, oh, this is Tony Gilroy's script. Right. That's a good lesson for this people. If you Gilroy's can go script. get those four scripts that he Matter just fact, listed. You need to read them before Christmas. That's your assignment. <laughs> we are giving you a homework assignment. That's four measly scripts. And then you email us and <laughs> let us know. Give us like a paragraph mm-hmm. that you've learned in terms of what that voice is okay. for Tony Gilroy. That's a good one. Just read those four wildly different scripts because I feel like when you read them, or oh, there's so many great writers that when you read it, you know it, mm-hmm. and it's very distinct, and I can't really grapple. All I know is that if you can, can write in a way that makes it, I don't know, it's just, it usually just comes down to the words pop off the page. No matter right. who the that, writer is, that's it makes their you, voice. it's their what, voice, and it look, makes you, it's visceral. Look, you read look, it like, look. I'm fucking smelling the smells. I'm seeing, the arm blew up, and I'm right there. Right. The, the, uh. like the thing about voice a lot, that's why I'm saying, it's, it's the diction, it's the word choice you make, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, like how you shape your sentences. Mm. That has so much to do with define, because, you know, it's, it's a little easier 
with like novelists. Like you can pick up four novels about the same right. person, and like and 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 there's there's Stephen a novel there's, there's a novel the you've read, and you love his work, <laughs> right. and it's very apparent as to what he's doing like, with every book, on every page, with mm-hmm. every sentence, in every paragraph. Mm-hmm. That's just that's his voice, mm-hmm. you know. And and people can try, and then you know what you do when you're young is that you might kind of mimic his voice. And I did that for you know. Talking about right. Stephen King, yeah, for, I did for, that for years. For what is exactly. well, you know, and, and, and t- until you kind of understand. Oh, this is what he would do, but this is what I would do, and it might just change it a little bit. Like for a mm-hmm. long time, I used to fuck. What is this guy's name? Because uh, you said Tony Gilroy, and his name reminds us that James Elroy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so James Elroy for a long time mm-hmm. he used to write short fiction for for <coughs> GQ mm-hmm. and just these really hard popping, crackling fucking fifties and sixties detective stories, and I just love that shit, and it was mm-hmm. hard for me not. To want to mimic it because it it because it, 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 it brought something to life in me. Right. But then I realized I was like, oh, this is what he's doing, and this, and this is what he's doing to tell his story his way. Right. Here's what I can take from him. Right. But but I'm not copying him anymore. But so I can tell my stories right. my way. Right. Right. You know. And that's why I think people feel what they're afraid. Right. What, what I'll do is I'll read. Let's just use Shane Black for example. I'll read you know one of those scripts that he wrote. And look at the style in the, the way he wrote it. So I'll take the style in the way, for instance, he might be very staccato. There might be just four lines describing a room. You know, I'll be like, oh, I like that style right there. Mm-hmm. So every time I introduce something, how can I make it feel like that too? Or they might, like I said, they might be talking <clears throat> to you in the room. Mm-hmm. They, might say, they might say to you something like, um, instead of, a lot of generic is, you know, she's 35, beautiful, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll say, they'll describe them in a really cool way. They'll describe their hair, their eyes, their nose, their yeah. their clothing in a really cool way that tells you exactly, like, who they are. That's what like, I did in Arrival. Like, 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 she could be Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe if she was just a little bit younger. It's just like, whatever the fuck. One of my you know favorite I mean? Tony Gilroy lines is, like, he was a velvet switchblade. Mm. Like, that just says everything you need to know about this dude. He's a fucking velvet switchblade. It's only, what, four words? People, (laughs) amateurs would take, like, five paragraphs to describe this one thing. But all he said was, he's a velvet switchblade. And that shit lets you know everything you need to know about this motherfucker right here. See, okay, you know what? Love that shit. It's stuff like that, so it's like... Remember the t- table read? I had to smoke a cigarette okay. after that. I didn't so, even smoke cigarettes. So, so, there, so there was, there was this, this, that line you loved. Mm-hmm. There was a line that I wrote when I was describing the L.A. County Jail. Mm. And, loved and, it. And so I said, this is a modern-day Thunderdrome with no Tina Turner. <laughs> that shit was bars. Ain't that balling? That's bars no, right there. Let me tell you about Chris, though. In his short stories and stuff, he uh-huh. has lots of great lines like me that. Me and Pam looked at each other like... And it tells you yes. every, Visually you get everything. it everything. You don't everything. have to waste everything. No lines yes. Telling us like, like I know how the LA jail looks But see he's talking to you A modern day yeah. Thunderdome With no Tina, Tina Turner. Turner That shit is And it's poetic It is Unless of course You've never seen Thunderdome Then you should just Go shoot yourself Then you should be reading You know what Don't be in this business Wait Have you not seen Thunderdome Okay Mad Max No no Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome Beyond Thunderdome you need to go. <laughs> I gave you he a list. He wanted millennials. I gave you, know. you a listen, list. Listen, because you're giving a list doesn't mean it's on the internet. It's not on the list, but I'm going to give you some more movies that need to be on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to say it would be a modern version. It's like public enemies. <laughs> nothing like Welcome that. to the Terror Dome. Right. But 
No flavor flavor. I don't know. I can't, <laughs> I can't even. Uh, hold on, because see, so at the time, at the time, I don't think. I swear to God, if he wants you to change that line, I'm kicking his ass. No, 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 no. It's like, the thing is this, is it's like, that movie when it came out, I, I can't think of, I, I don't even know what we movie don't do need this. another hero. Tomorrow, tomorrow land. When they were telling the stories <laughs> about Star Wars. I was like, are they telling the Star Wars story? This is what I love about this movie, right? So it was the th- third film in the Mad Max um, franchise, and... I don't think of a. I can't think of a movie where they took a pop star. She was good in it. Titties. Why star. wasn't she acting the more? She could I act. don't know. The hair but, attitude. Oh my god. Auntie entity. Yeah. Come on. So, so, so they took this pop star who was at the the waning ages of her career. Big right. star in the sixties. Now she's in the mid eighties. So it's twenty five years in her mm-hmm. career. She does. And she just had. She was like in her fifties. Yeah. And the album had just dropped. Gorgeous. Yeah, just just out. Yeah. Private Dancer had just Private, came out. Private Dancer just right. came out. Eighty four. Yeah. She got she got put in this movie. It's a black person in a science fiction film, mm-hmm. and she's not playing it like she's from the hood. She's playing it like she fits within that world, right. and she's in charge of the fu- powerful, in charge right. of fucking Barter Town. Mm-hmm. And I just and it's and it's like and and I got a singer who could act. Who had her own gear? Who mm-hmm. had her own car? Mm-hmm. Her car was all designed. She actually had her. Then she had her own her uh, her actual uh, saxophone player was in the movie. <laughs> she, had, she had all that crazy ass shit, and I was like, "This is cool." And fucking no one does fucking movie stars like this. I mean, like pop stars right. put them in. I mean, yeah, there was a maybe David Bowie a couple of films in the seventies, but to put a, to but it, it'd be kind of like if you put Beyonce in a movie. That's not what you'd expect right. her to be in. Right. You know? like she's not a singer. She's not right. a singer right. or anything right. like that. You know, it's got nothing to do. It's it's not even mm-hmm. a modern film. I mean, fucking right. the post-apocalyptic world throw her in there, and it just was like it was such a uh, uh, it's good casting. It has such a great impact that, of course, Tupac and them had to redo it for California. They did yeah. the whole right, Thunderdome. Right, 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 they did the whole video, that. and that, that was like right. ten years it's later. Yeah. Right. ten years after later. the movie came out, yeah. Yeah. that has such a huge impact that they had to do California. Yeah. It was yeah. like, yeah. oh my god, it yeah. was like they said that. I saw some interview with the guy who directed it, and he was like, I came in there and showed them Mad Max, and they're like, we're doing that. Yes, we're doing that. The clothes with Tupac, all that. Tina Turner. Yeah. Mad Max. That's funny. Well, I hope people uh, can take some of the wisdom that we've been dropping here. I just want to ask one last question before mm-hmm. we close out to Chris. Chris, do you think the Predator franchise is now dead? Did we kill it? Did you have any more questions? I, no. Okay. I was just, I'm just still looking up Thunder. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know because... What was the question you asked? My question is, 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 is Predator dead? franchise, is it dead now? Is oh. it done? See, here's where I think the Predator movie made a mistake is that the Predator movie doesn't need to be in the future. I always think that when you want to redo something, you need to figure out when is a time in that story's continuum to have told that story. They tried to remember they went to the planet that they were from. There was a movie where they went to the planet. No, no, what I'm saying is, is like the thing that makes Predator interesting, the first one, is these guys have fucking mini guns and all this kind of shit like mm. this and they can't defeat the Predator. Mm. So what happens if you set a Predator movie in the same era as like Mel Gibson's Apocalypto? 
Because then it's like the, a really high tech guy against like some Native American right. who's got no technology. True. That could be an interesting movie, mm-hmm. and it could bring it back. Because it's like, because the, see, the thing that everyone loves about <clears throat> movies like that when the when the villain seems so insurmountable is how smart is the hero to Correct. overcome it? And you got to be way smarter if you got a fucking bow and arrow yep. to defeat the predator. And that's where I was thinking as I was sitting there, and it had nothing to do. It was like two. Different visions. Okay, remember when in, I don't know why I'm whispering. Remember when <laughs> we had recently, it was like a couple months ago. Remember the, the kids, was it Thailand when they were stuck inside the oh, yeah, water yeah, thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking like, in that kind of story, I kind of felt like if the Predator movie was set where we had that situation where you have children or people like that stuck somewhere mm-hmm. and you feel like there's no way, but those kids have the ingenuity to like outwit the Predator because they know, I kind of feel like that might that, work for see, me. Yeah. Where yeah. People can't get to them. So, of course, mm-hmm. you set up where there's boundaries. Well, we can't just get right. up in there. Two, they know the area, the kids, mm-hmm. even though they're trapped and they're trying to figure out whatever. And you've got, like, the ticking clock of, like, oh, my God, the, the rain's going to come And in, the water's coming. You don't all drown. I mean, there's a lot. Kids, there's a lot. It's like, I felt like that would be the type of Predator movie I'd want to see. You know, where it's kind of different. None of the kids can swim. How much of an obstacle is that? Bitch. <laughs> And they got to teach him, like, really, put and, this thing on, and there are parts you got to go now. Where the kids got to go by themselves for two hours at a time, where it's like, okay, we're oh, here, no. but now you got to go by, and got every single one of them out. Mm-mm. Every single one of them out. my man didn't make that. it through. The that. one guy who, the, who was a school professional. Yeah. Because he got stuck under, he, cause, cause, cause because he, he was pushing himself, he, he yeah. pushed himself so hard, because he really needed those kids, and God bless him, but, you yeah. Because it's like, you know what I say all the time, it's like, you know... The, the, I hate to bring this up, but it's like in Blade Runner, right? Mm-hmm. This is where, this is where, this is where Blade the new Runner, one. the new one, this is what mm-hmm. they made a mistake is that in the original one, they keep talking about the off world colonies and shit like right. that and everything. Why isn't the movie set in an off world colony? Why don't you do that? Like, what? Thank you. Or why don't you explain? Because they talk about how they talk about how like Roy Batty's team was they did a mutiny or everything like that. I was like, that's your story. Go back the story, there and I see it. Stories then it doesn't, yeah. need, doesn't need to be in uh, on farther future, right? You know, could right. have been still set in twenty. Think about it, that movie came out in twenty eighteen mm-hmm. and it was set in twenty eighteen, but in the but in the Blade Runner's twenty eighteen. That would have been a cool movie. Yeah, because it would have fucking because then then because it's like timeline is divergent from what we think of it now. Right, and it's like oh fuck that would have been an interesting way to get into, and then it would have tied in to the current film way better than <laughs> so, the damn. Current. So, so it's dead now. Is what you're going to tell me? Is Predator's no, dead? No, I'm not saying it's dead. I don't know if if, if the, he's the, saying it should be. I'm, I'm not but. saying I'm not saying if the current people the current people of the 20th Century Fox who are in charge of the franchises know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And you have to come in there and say, "What are we going to do? It's going to be cool." And, and yet, that's someone who actually has the the who who wants to gamble their cinematic capital. Mm-hmm. Can we put Halloween to bed now? Finally, the, can we put the movie Halloween? Halloween? I, maybe I haven't seen this. This. this how did do, how the new one do? It's done well. Uh, it did it well. Did well. What did you think about? It? <sighs> uh, okay, this is just me being petty, Lisa. <laughs> I feel so like be you, right? I feel like if Michael Myers is now what 65, 67 years old and you still out killing people, mm-hmm. you need to be on retirement. Like you need something else needs to happen because clearly you 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 know, I just can't I can't believe you no more. But I love me some Jamie Lee Curtis, so you know I was gonna go see it anyway. So it's I mean it is what it is. But I, I think it's time to we need new stories. There are so many great horror stuff that we can I be doing. Need some new stuff. There Hollywood is so stuck on the franchise of Something that somebody, you know, the IP, mm-hmm. it's got to have IP. It's like, we want to see original faces. We want to see original <sighs> stories. And if you got Halloween original was stories, an original story at one if you point. Get, you if know, you get like, original stories, yeah. you can still get your little new franchises. Right. Just give us some new stuff. I agree. 
But don't the make the original story hoping you'll get a franchise out of it. I agree. Exactly. Because it never works. Right. Exactly. Sometimes it's a standalone fucking movie. It's just, just going to be a standalone Just movie. let it stand alone. Let, you know what? There was so, the history of mm. cinema is, 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 is littered with masterpiece that doesn't have a sequel. Right. Like that movie, The Equalizer. Do you know that was Denzel's first, franchise, first sequel ever? Was it really? Yeah. Because hmm. he, he's chosen films and it's like, we, they, I would not, they're not going to be no. <laughs> it's not going to be a, right. a second one. It's funny you should mention them because I was just watching um, Old School Denzel, The Mighty Quinn. Oh, oh yeah. That terrible wig on Robert Townsend and those awful accents. But you know, it was a cute movie back in the day. Mimi Rogers and all them. Ah, Denzel. <laughs> what can I say? That was <laughs> cool, y'all. Good episode. Good episode. Um, where you at, Jasani Drew? I'm on Twitter. Uh, first and last name, J-E-S-A-N-I, Drew. Um, I'm also on um, Instagram as Visionary Alignment. Mm-hmm. 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 I don't want to say that. Where you at, Chris? I'm <laughs> 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 at DerekFeathers.com. Uh, you got to top that with something. I can't make with my mouth, dude. Unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. Can we, can we just say that anytime we're in a, a WGA screening mm-hmm. and we want to be discreet and, and want to let each other know that this movie was booty. Can we just do bird call? <laughs> I'm actually doing one tonight. It means I'm out. <laughs> I'm actually doing one tonight on the, uh, remember that Gary Hart guy? The new... Um, the president guy in, in 1988. In, yeah. Who yeah. Ran. yeah. With that, with Han, what's her name? Han? Yeah. Jessica Han? Jessica Han, yeah. 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 And um, Hugh Jackman. <clears throat> so isn't I'm doing, isn't I'm, it ironic that just sitting on some dude's lap on a yacht can derail your whole career. But nowadays, you can be like the president of the United States and do so much worse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about that tonight, too. Be president. It's like, you know, like you can suck the president's dick <laughs> in the White House to consenting adults. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a personal matter of him and his wife and all that. Right. But y'all ready to raise hell? Like, we didn't preach him. Get out of here. But you can have anybody all up in the White House nowadays, mm-hmm. and it don't make no difference. Nope. Anyway, uh, I'm Lisa at What Fresh Hell Is This on Twitter. <laughs> yes. That's what's up. That's what's up. <clears throat> and I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Uh, please, if you guys give us a five-star review, we appreciate that. iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen to. Follow us on Facebook. Um, check out the Michelle Mission podcast. Check out Paper Team for all you younger writers who want to write TV. You definitely should be listening to Paper Team. Mm. Um, check out our new Patreon page. Yes, of course. Check that out. It'll people. be in our show notes. The link to that. <clears throat> it will be. Appreciate all the fans who've been, uh, you know, um, supporting us. Supporting us, for sure. So we can keep the show going. Thank you. Thank uh, you to all the people, listeners. People like Jasani on the show because yeah. we get that fourth Yay. mic. <laughs> Thank you. All you listeners all over the world, we appreciate the love. Um, so everybody joining me. Y'all know how we do it on the show. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? Black, Black Panther's, Panther's Quest. Quest. Peace, y'all. Ciao. I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Rain Room So you wanna be a writer?
Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room.